Recording. Oh, song. Oh God, what song do I do for this? Oh, um, I don't know, like "Under the Bridge" by Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I just assume there's a crazy bass line. You, you would be correct. <laughs> Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doc 2 for the very first time. My name is Jake. With me are those couples, Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex. We are back. We maybe never left. <laughs> for us, it's been about a month since we recorded. We were bored, decided to record one. Uh, we'll see if maybe we keep doing these. It's possible. We still have one to put out yet, so it's possible there will be no break at all. <laughs> after saying in the last one that we were quitting for a while. This Surprise! Week. Yay! <laughs> this, I shouldn't say week, but this podcast, we're here to talk about An Unearthly Child. Aired November 23rd, 1963 to December 14th, 1963. Written by Anthony Coburn. Directed by Warris Hussein. Cody. Jake. I might have to turn you up in my headphones, but... Jake. I... <laughs> <laughs> I have a timer set for 60 seconds. Please give me a 60-second plot, plot synopsis starting now. Okay, there's this girl who's super smart. We don't really know how she's smart, but she knows this dude who she calls a granddad. Granddad apparently is the doctor because we got a lot of that future knowledge coming back. The doctor's a bit of an asshole. These people are just really fucking nice. Then he, like, straight-up kidnaps him, sends him back in time to a place they don't need to be, basically threatens their life. Whole bunch of cavemen that are just out for blood. Za. And Cal, not fans, old ladies and like young ladies, but they're all disgusting and their skins are weird. They're all fighting over who wants to be leader. They need to make fire. There's an orb of the sky who's going to give them fire. The doctor decides he's going to give them fire to save everybody's lives. They barely escape with their lives. They get back in the TARDIS. The TARDIS doors do not match the inside to the outside. It's kind of fucking weird, but they all get back to a place where suddenly there's a forest. He has no idea where they're going, but the radiation meter goes a little bit too high. All right, oh, you still well, have 12 seconds. It was great seeing you guys again. <laughs> that was we'll really catch good. you at the next podcast. There's, did it used to be 60 seconds or was it 30 seconds before? I think it was 30, but this was four episodes. Yeah, that's a lot 25 there. minutes. And we haven't done it in like a year and a half, so I was hoping to catch him off guard. No, nope, oh, no. he was ready. I'm sharp as a uh, like, uh, like an, um, knife. Cody, what'd you think of this one? <laughs> so the the perspective changes uh the bar has to lower because it's in two to uh 210 p uh but surprisingly very entertaining i enjoyed it i almost fell asleep a couple times but i'm a tired dude the times i was awake real good sam first episode was great Second, third episode was meh. Fourth episode was pretty good. Jill? 
I really liked it a lot. Turns out I like simple TV better than this complicated <laughs> new age shit. Well, you do watch Grey's Anatomy. It's very simple. <laughs> no, it's real good. I liked the story. I liked just the change. It was just a lot different than who we've seen, and I enjoyed that. I'm sure we can find some 60s medical dramas for you. Cool. Alex? Yeah, it's uh, still classic Who. It's, it's great. The first one was good. Like, the first one was better than the rest, but it was. I think it was like rewatching it is a solid kind of storyline. And you can see uh, Ian's descent into murderous madness in this one. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> We okay, so you watched this fairly recently when, when we did our Susan episode. By fairly recently, I mean a year ago. Yeah. Uh, the last time I watched this was 11 years ago, I think. 12 years ago, maybe. I've watched the first episode a couple times since, but always just skip the last three, because why would I want to watch those? But I had a good time. Uh, they're actually better than I think they get credit for. Yeah, I would agree. It is weird that they're the first story. Like, you're introducing a brand new show to the world, and you're like, what if they all just stood in a cave for three episodes, mostly <laughs> dirty and tied up and sitting on the floor? Yeah. Like, cool. People watch anything. There's only two channels. I'll be right back. I have a screaming child. In the meantime, get a shift on. <laughs> Beers. Mine was a uh, an Arnold Palmer. Mm. Hey, hey, we're swapping Mine. spots. I don't think I get a sh to have a shift on. Mine is Bush Light Apple. Mine is is a Spoitzel Brewery Shiner uh, Hill Country Peach Wheat. Hey, man, that sounds like a great summer beer right there. Yeah, it's mediocre at best. I also just oh, no. housed like a large coffee, like trying to get upbeat because I had a hell of a day. Oh shit! I suppose someone adopt Alex. Matt, with like moving houses in the middle of school starting. Oh my fuck god! Your life, dude. Dude, next weekend, fuck my actual life. Call in sick. Can't. Well, Damn. if I got COVID, maybe. <laughs> oh hey we can make that happen make some calls spit in my mouth bitch <laughs> <laughs> i need some state authorized days off funded through federal funds okay paid leave i'm back hi back i'm dead okay if uh <laughs> audio quality <laughs> if auto audio quality is a little different this week it's because i'm refusing to turn off my air conditioning because it's 98 degrees outside and we're all gonna die <laughs> if you guys have a problem with it blame your parents for not taking global warming seriously for uh, all that uh, aqua wait what was that stuff called what aquafina no the hair stuff aqua velva oh that what the, it was? are you talking about like the propellant inside cans yeah yeah oh. i don't know what that's called either but apparently aerosol aerosol <laughs> I think there's another name. It was name. a specific brand. Oh. 
Uh, anyway, should we talk about Doctor Who a little bit? No, I think we should talk about this. Like the Aquanet, ace, the big in hair. In case you were wondering. For sure. Aquanet. Okay, sorry. Yeah, let's talk about uh, more of this. Okay, written by Anthony Coburn. Wikipedia has that this was written or co-written by C.E. Weber, but it wasn't. He was supposed to write the first story, and this is going to be a story later, but his story got rejected. So there might be some stuff in the very first episode that comes from him, but uh, he didn't write this. Script editor was David Whitaker. Producer was Verity Lambert. Uh, we talked to, we'll talk more about it maybe if we keep doing these. But uh, the show was different back then, whereas right now there's a showrunner. It's Chris Chibnall. Back then, it was kind of two jobs. There's a producer and a script editor. And so it's like the producer's job to run the show, and they worked together with the script editor. The script editor hired all the writers, you know, figured out what kinds of stories they wanted, and obviously edited the scripts. Um, so it's two very important jobs. And in the 60s, unlike any other era, they are two jobs that change very frequently. <laughs> and when they do, the show changes pretty drastically. Uh, so it's something we're going to keep an eye on as we go forward, if we move forward. Who's got stuff? Uh, well, I mean, we could talk about the first episode because it's very different from the yeah, rest. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Let's first just focus on the first episode. Yeah. Um, how, How'd that go what down for you guys? creepy teachers? <laughs> just stalking their, their yeah, students? Yeah, literally stalking them. 100% yeah. stalking. But she's weird and super smart, so better stalk so her. Better stalk her. Okay, so if you're weird, you get stalked, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the 1960s. <laughs> she, you're right. Yep. Congrats. Oh, shit. I mean, you don't know what I said, Wink. <laughs> but, yeah. You could tell this the entire series. The patriarchy is real, guys. Oh, yeah, there was uh, the women in this episode or in this story were a lot of screaming. Oh, a lot. A lot of the men just being like. We'll get to that point, but I can't. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's focus on the first story. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Doctor is a dick and has no idea what's going on. I didn't think he was that bad. He just wants to be left alone. I mean, it's his place. Go away. Sam Sam vibes with that. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of my house. Fuck off. That's not unreasonable. My favorite line of his in the first episode is when Ian's like, oh, we're going to go get a get a police officer. And he's like, great, go. <laughs> and he's like, well, you're coming with us. He's like, oh, really? No, I'm not. <laughs> so, I, I do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, I, I wanted I wanted Ian and the doctor to fight when I first saw this. Like, oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> I love that, like, twice while Ian's, like, talking right in his ear, the doctor just starts, like, examining something. He's like, oh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> I wonder what's going on here. He's like, oh, shit, you're still talking, dude? <laughs> I love the idea of Susan just traveling with this guy who really doesn't seem to give a shit. Like, he's just doing his thing. Like, the, it's just the doctor being the doctor. And it's Yeah, what's such, he doing? I don't know. It's just such a different doctor than we know now. Like, so obviously different. they were traveling around pretty accurately prior to this story because the TARDIS could still, like, disguise itself. And it seems like the TARDIS could get to the time they actually wanted to do or get to. Well, but yeah, they I'd... do mention that they can't get home. Okay, so that's why they're just jumping around. So, 
I think maybe, yeah. But it's definitely way different than the doctor we know now from what we've seen. Oh, yeah. Like, that doctor's not going to help people, and the TARDIS isn't, like, calling him to places that he needs to be to help people. He's just, like, living yeah. his life. But also just Susan along for the ride. I hope we get to know more, but I'm assuming we don't. But I would love the backstory, and, like, I, I just love the contrast of, like, Susan's just excited to do whatever. Like, she jumps into this classroom that she obviously doesn't need to be in because she's smarter than everyone there, and they don't respect that. But, like, she's just going with it, going with the flow, and obviously the grandpa doctor is a lot different than that personality type. Grandpa yeah. doctor. <laughs> well, I don't think this is a spoiler because we watched that movie where, like, about the making of Doctor Who. And as you saw in that, Carol Ann Ford, the actor who plays Susan, is the first one to leave. And it's because this character from this first episode is how the character was pitched to her and why she accepted it. And it is almost never written that way again. She's just written as a 60s teenage girl where... She's supposed to be the unearthly child, this fucking weirdo smart chick. And they kind of, we'll see as we go forward, they kind of fall away from that. I mean, even in the three episodes that follow, did she do anything that would make you think like, oh, this girl's pretty smart? No, she no, literally really just true. screamed and ran around. Yeah. And screamed. Yeah. It was super disappointing. Yeah. Because her character seemed so cool in that first couple minutes of the episode. First episode. First episode? The uh, My first note about the first episode is Susan's a fucking creep. <laughs> Just the way she talks to class. Like, they've been there a little while. She should at least know how to disguise it instead of just, like, screaming about how this isn't how school should be. They kind of pushed it a little too hard. We get it. She's smart. You don't need to push it that hard. Because um, the teacher, Barbara... Gives her a book, and she's like, I'll get it back to you tomorrow. Oh, whenever you're finished with it, I'll be done with it. Who reads <laughs> a million pages in one night? I don't but know. But she obviously has nothing else to do. Yeah. Like, Still. there's nothing else going <laughs> right. on. Did Plus, you see that at book? You, hey, she's with the doctor. How do you know one night isn't 25 weeks? <laughs> That's a fair point. Do you not remember Christopher, Christopher Eccleston's first episode where he just thumbs through a book and read it all are we but saying she's the unearthly not the child doctor. is the doctor she's uh the same species she's a time lord mm-hmm gallifreyan i guess i don't know if we know like i yeah i guess i don't know if we know matt do we even know that certain at, things at this point that make them all we know is that they're in, yeah. they're aliens yeah, yeah okay but at this at that thought then why doesn't she do more like if she's a time lord She's she, yeah. obviously just along for the ride. She she could have, like, they could have written her to just, like, science all of these Neanderthals away and just, like, make fire and rule everything. <laughs> like, I feel like she could have done that. <laughs> also, the, also, the doctor could have done that. But. Also, I guess, like, okay, so we're talking about the difference between her and the first episode versus the rest. Like, if it was first episode her, she would have just immediately made a fire the second they stepped foot on the land. But, like, when it comes to actual fire making, it's like a, oh, blow on this. Like, since when does Ian tell her what to do? We saw the complete opposite in the first episode. Yeah, she should have been like, yeah, I got it, fuckhead. 
<laughs> or she'd like have like she did that whole argument in class about putting two active chemicals together to get a reaction instead of two inactive chemicals or whatever the fuck it was. And so she, that would have been cool to be like, oh, I have these two things on me, or we can find these two things that mixed together can create fire or at least heat and start a fire. Just be like, oh yeah, she's way better at uh, chemistry than me, her chemistry teacher. That would have been cool. Again, we're rewriting Doctor Who better. It would have been much more fitting. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll watch the two Dalek movies, and Susan in those is how Susan should have been. Mm. But we got the Susan we get. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of uh, Barbara? Like the same deal, man. Like, was sometimes she would say something that really made sense or was like vibing. And sometimes she would just cry and howl and then run to the nearest man's arms and tuck in. Ian, just mostly Ian. <laughs> Always Ian. But he's actually. the only one there, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember. Like, I was, I haven't seen this one in a long time, but she's not like this really again. Like, they, they do grow her character that's and good. She, she's much less screamy and cry than than in this one she's a teacher so she seems like there's a lot of analyticalness in there like she went through some stuff in a couple episodes it was like hey this might work which is cool and better than susan the genius <laughs> barbara seems like she needs justification for what she's doing from ian but I could see yeah. that, like, if you're, if you feel bad about something that you're doing, you want someone else to be like, yeah, this is right. <laughs> feel bad. She wasn't about to bash anyone over the head with a rock like the doctor was. I mean, following Susan around. Oh, oh, at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Where are we still on episode one? I don't know if we ever really yeah. were. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we haven't even talked about the caveman. We have to be on episode one. I mean, we're comparing yeah. the first episode to the rest of them, I guess. So, I don't know. Right. Um, before we move on, the original script had Ian and Barbara be kind of a lot more flirty and kind of more apparent that they were a couple. They and script seem like they wanted to be together type of people. A lot Still. more in that first episode, yeah. But the script editor, David Whitaker, took a lot of that out. Wow. I thought they were together, are they not? They're just no. teachers. I thought hmm. that they were like the flirty wannabe together type of couple. Like the the work flirt? Yeah. What did you just say, Alex? The they're, work they're flirt? The, they're the work flirt. Oh, like, oh, I thought yeah. you said work splurt. <laughs> yeah. no, you got, like, your work wife. I absolutely what if you work at home like me? <laughs> you, uh, you got work wife? You better, you better hide your you, browser. Work wife <laughs> is Terry. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. He's not even here. I really thought they were a couple the whole time. Got couple vibes. What's with teachers wanting to be together? Because uh, Clara and Danny. 
because school's boring as fuck. <laughs> but also they like, you know, teachers work insane amount of overtime and all that stuff. Especially yeah. young teachers. I think it's the same as any job. You work at a restaurant, you're going to end up fucking someone else who works at that restaurant. Also, in Danny and Clara's uh, instance, they're both the youngest and hottest people there. So, <laughs> Also, right. there's no Tinder in that time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Ian and Barbara are probably 35, something like that. And so, yeah, they're probably the youngest and hottest people at their school. <laughs> Did we see anyone else at their school? Just some other kids. It was Cole Hill. I thought yeah, that was, was interesting. Yeah, that's the that's the that's class, right? That's where classes held. It's where classes. It's where Clara teaches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we go back there a few times. Yeah, I was like, um, I know that school. It's old school. So, what do you guys think of Barbara? I mean, we already did her. What do you guys think of Ian? Ian's fucking great. It's kind of interesting to see a companion immediately just hate the doctor. I I got vibes like rewatching it that it it's almost like Ian's show. Like he's the main character because we don't really see or do anything with the doctor until like the third episode. And I, I just thought that was kind of funny. My only problem with Ian, like I really liked him in two through four. But in episode one, like, I thought it was weird that, like, he was just being, I think that's why I thought they were in a relationship. Like, Barbara was just controlling him, and he just went along with it. Like, he was questioning it. He didn't want to, but he did. But then to go from that to, like, pushing buttons in the TARDIS just seemed like way too big of a change. But then everything he did after that was, like, really thoughtful and calculated. So the whole, like, just going in and pushing buttons seems really out of character from what I saw the rest of the story. Well, I think he was, I mean, it kind of flows in a natural pattern where he's like, doctor, open the door. Doctor says no. He says, Susan, open the door. Susan says no. It's like, fine, I guess I have to. Well, yeah, like when you're you're being told you're a captive, like you're just going to fucking do shit, you know? I didn't like Ian at first because he was very, like, alpha male throwing off vibes for me. Not a big fan. But then his he had growth throughout the series, and I liked him by the end of it. Confirm Sam loves me because I'm a beta cuck. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did really uh, like him. It was super cheesy at the end where he's like, no, you're the leader. he just knows that you gotta like stroke the doctor's ego a bit just to get what you want like he's just trying to get home that's exactly (laughs) what i picked up from that too he's like we'll give this old man his goddamn peanut butter sandwich so he'll shut up (laughs) but like the doctor was holding him up as like the the muscle which obviously is but um he's like no it's seven feet tall yeah he's like no we need to get you out first We're all gonna. No, I don't know how tall he is. We're all gonna like try and get you free because you will have to protect us if they come in. And so, like, they were all trying to get his bandage or not bandages, but what what was it? Wrappings, tyings, restraints. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> they kept calling them skins. The cavemen, oh yeah, cave people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, William Russell is six feet tall, and he towers over every person in this episode. 
Oh, cave, that's cave not even... person or TARDIS team. It's not even that tall. Nope. But everyone is so small. <laughs> you'll, you'll see in later episodes where he's like... There's just like... He's one of like nine dudes in a scene and he's head and shoulders taller than all oh, of them. Oh, jeez. Still alive, by the way, William Russell. 93 years old. Oh, Ooh. my God. Let's get him on the podcast. It's the Heinz Beans on toast. His Someone... birthday was quite recent. Post a picture in Discord. I want to see now. Oh, I said he was 93. He's 96. Oh, oh man. In, Even more In November, impressive. he'll be 97. Holy. Cameo, this man. If COVID doesn't get him first. Fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> edit, edit that out. <laughs> Why would you say that? Because <laughs> we're in a pandemic. Everyone is dying if you have He's obviously vaccinated. Obviously. I hope so. Well, he's 96. He hasn't left his house in seven years. Um, Carol Ann Ford, also still alive. Really hoping one day we get Susan in the show. Um, in our show? In Doctor Who, like in current day Doctor Who. Like if he met Susan, like we'll talk about it later when she leaves, but they she leaves in a way where she can come back. It's not like she dies. Uh, okay, let's move on to the caveman story. What'd you think of that? What'd you think of those people? <laughs> It was real boring and the same and too grunty. It Damn. feels like every caveman story, just power struggle between two men and that's it. I thought the I thought the story was funny because they're trying to like so the actors are playing them fine, whatever they're cavemen, but they're they're playing them in a way that they're like primitive because they're primates, right? But uh but then they still have like a governmental hierarchy, like power struggle thing, which I don't know. Like if you're at that level of intelligence, would that exist? I have no idea. Yes. Really? No, like, to, animals have it. Animals like to that have level, it, yeah. to that level where they're like, the old lady took your knife. She must, she must be killing the people because she's afraid of the fire. It's like, you wouldn't think that that's too intelligent. That's like a you fair would just point. be like, oh, she left. She went outside. I don't know what she's doing though. I do like how when Ian would tell Za like his plan, like, hey, we'll come back. We'll make fire. I'm a friend. Just like, don't kill us. Whatever Za was trying to explain to her, what Ian said, she was just completely blank face. Like, I have. No idea what you're saying. <laughs> we are speaking different languages. So at least Zaz written as like able to interpret these fancy speaking people. And her is just like, I don't know why I'm here. Yeah, Zaw was definitely the smartest one there. For sure. Even though we first meet him furiously rubbing a bone between his palms to make fire. <laughs> hey, you got to hey. set the stage. Friction. He didn't know he didn't know how to make fire. He was trying, man. I didn't see anyone else trying. Well, yeah, and that's that's a huge part of the story is like Ian explaining to Za that like the group is stronger as a group, like you don't need to send just one person out hunting or everyone should know how to make fire. That never comes back. The story ends with Zah going hunting by himself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That seemed weird. 
<laughs> they introduce this like, oh, that's how they're going to get out of it. They're going to become a strong tribe by working together and having everyone do everything. And nope, everyone's just going to stay in the cave while Zaha goes and gets the food. Although maybe maybe that was more of a like, I have fire. I'm I'm the guy. I'm gonna go get meat to like further prove that. I I don't know if it was more of a proving <laughs> thing, but I guess more like I got fire. All that other bullshit doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, all <laughs> hail me. I'm gonna live forever. Also, <laughs> I don't think anyone taught them how to make fire. So once they leave, <laughs> yeah, he no. just watched the doctor do it once. Yeah, like, he, he said he said that he said I have the stone. I have the stick. I have the skin. I have the fire. Oh, okay. Yeah, like they like he he took in that information and now can make fire. How did they know the they smartest? needed fire? Because the previous his dad could make fire. And it get like they're getting close really to cold. winter, and yeah. they know when it gets cold, they die. When did his dad die? It was before this episode. Like the it previous was like cold. directly before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like, yeah, that was the whole thing. Is his dad never showed him how to make fire, so. They didn't have anyone to make fire anymore. Yeah, there's a power vacuum. I did enjoy how they called the sun the orb. <laughs> yeah. It took me embarrassingly long to figure <laughs> oh, out what no. the fuck they were talking about. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so some of the cast. Um, Derek Newark played Za. He's going to pop up again, Alex. We just watched Inferno. He played Sutton in Inferno, like the main guy. The main good guy. Wait, what? Yeah. Um, Aletha Charlton was her. She'll pop up again as the only other female in the Time Meddler, a second or a first Doctor story we'll get to one day. Um, Eileen Way was Old Mother, or they only ever called her Old Woman, but I think she's in the credits as Old Mother. She's in a 1979 episode, Creature from the Pit, as a super old mother. <laughs> um, she's also in a TV um production from 1938 called gay lord quex or quay or key whatever and one of the very first things ever made for television so that's exciting uh jeremy young was cal he has the distinction of being the very first doctor who villain he's also married to kate omara alex who plays the ronnie one of the Hey-o. most beloved Doctor <laughs> Alex can only say that anytime you bring up the Ronnie. Um, Howard Lang played Horg. I don't. Was that the taller guy who was like? Hers I think that was dad? the dad. Yeah. Um. Oh, I just got a text called that says this will make your wife horny in three minutes. Damn, Google's always <laughs> listening. <laughs> Click. Who's your <laughs> wife? So anyway, Howard Lang, coincidentally, he's in the very first Doctor Who story, and he died during the airing of the very last Doctor Who story in 1989. Aww. Wow. Um, since I'm doing my fun facts, I've got two more. Might as well keep going. Or just one more. Fun um, facts! <laughs> there's like some title controversy over like what this serial should be called, because back then, you may have noticed, they title every episode. Yeah, that was confusing. Pretty commonly called an unearthly child, sometimes called 100,000 BC, sometimes called the Tribe of Gum, which I thought was the title of one of the episodes, but I don't what? think it is. Mm, it was not. The Tribe of Gum? 
Yeah, so that was an original title because Zaw's name was going to be Gum. <laughs> and they changed it. <laughs> I Man, that would have changed the entire dynamic of the episode. <laughs> Straight from drama gum. to comedy. I have oh. fire. <laughs> you you got to make sure you enunciate the G. I am leader. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you get a bunch of Shakespeare actors and tell them to go do Doctor Who and sit in a cave and grunt. I will say, I I really enjoyed the theatrical feel of this. Over, like Jill said, it just feels different from like uh, current Who because I think it's more theatrical than like for TV. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's so good. It's so heavy set on dialogue and storytelling than it is on. CGI, which didn't exist, and that's what it is now, making everything look beautiful instead of like focusing on the words of the story. Yeah. I guess. If there's no guts, who cares what the skin is? You know what I mean? And then also remember, there's no retakes. Like they're shooting this live to tape. Ooh. So there's sometimes you can hear people talking over each other. Like there's one part where the doctor's supposed to say something and he doesn't for a second. So Ian starts saying, saying it like, uh, he's supposed to say like, shouldn't we free the women first? And then the doctor just talks over him. And because he finally like remembers, he's supposed to start talking or something like that. You'll, you'll see that a lot, but they're shooting it live. So it's, they, they rehearse all week and then, you know, shit happens. They do that's a really cool. very good job. And that's very impressive. Like that whole fight scene with the Neanderthals was really cool. And that's actually the one thing they shot first. They shot that in advance, like the reaction shots and the fight. And out of the 60s Doctor Who fights, of which there will be plenty, this is one of the better ones. (laughs) Yeah, this one is great. I I like this one. I think I liked it on the first watch and I still really do like it. It's great. (laughs) It feels real sexual with like the costumes riding way up like entire legs showing you're welcome jill by the Alex way is like watch this fight scene little man-on-man action <laughs> check out the skins if you know what i'm talking about hey that foreskin oh my god this is at least a five maybe even six skin oh, no. <laughs> oh man i almost took a drink and that would have killed me <laughs> All right, going back to, like, the quality and, well, just the different. I loved yeah. the sound effects for the most part. Like, the sound effects and the music really stood out to me, except the birds. The oh. bird sound effects were the worst thing of, worst part of this episode. As LVP. you were saying that, I was like, those fucking birds, how are you saying this? Oh, they were so <laughs> terrible. And it was random. It'd be like, they're in a cave and there's bird sounds coming out. I did terrible. not notice it at all (laughs) the rest of the sound effects were great though it was it was a lot in that last episode because they were out in the jungle a lot but yeah it was just forever (laughs) fucking suck i think that wasn't birds those were monkeys sure whatever whatever it was it was awful (laughs) something in the trees (laughs) one point i wanted to bring up is this is supposed to be like kind of semi-educational and for children was there anything educational in this how to make fire i know they dump (laughs) it pretty fast because it gets popular but like this is the first episode 
the thing that is the whole point should be really apparent in your first story. Well, maybe traveling to the past and seeing that there still is a hierarchy of needs, maybe? Maybe. But, yeah. But then, like, making fire, like, that was... They showed the shit out of that. I guess. (laughs) Next thing I want to bring up is that for what is supposed to be an educational kids show, it's wicked violence. I was going to say violence was heavy. Yes. Yeah. There's obviously the fight. But then Zog gets, like, attacked by a boar or some kind of animal and is, like, you know, blood-soaked. The old woman dies. Um, and then, like, a guard gets choked out by Cal. There's at least three deaths in this. Yeah. And, well, and then they, they had that whole uh, uh, mystery, not mystery, because the doctor's like, there's no blood on this knife. What's your knife? There's blood on your knife. You killed her. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I did. It's like, Okay. <laughs> Hey, you know when you're busted. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> Your logic is <laughs> infallible, Doctor. It's actually kind of brilliant how we got him to bring the knife out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it was totally like uh, Bugs Bunny and uh, Daffy Duck. <laughs> like, no, my knife's better. No, your <laughs> knife's better. Uh, but then the the other thing I thought was kind of would terrify a kid was when Susan put the torch inside that human skull. Oh, yeah. That was weird. Oh, no, you ever see the Rescue Rangers? Not since I was uh, 10. I guess they didn't didn't put a flame in there, but there was like a gem inside a skull and she had to reach her hand inside Uh, the dead. I don't know. Great movie. BT dubs, the human remains in the story were real human bones. What? They got from like, uh, why? They got from like a museum or something. What? No idea. That's and insane. The, the crew said they smelled terrible. Oh, <laughs> and they just casually no. put holes in them? <laughs> and put them on like torches? And they like handled them? They handled the bones? Oh my god. I would bet anything that, like, purposely had a hole in it or that was touched was probably made by production, but the ones are just, like, laying in the corner and shit. Do you guys not remember the episode where they were at Del Vida Loca, wherever, (laughs) and he drank out of a skull? He had a cup made of a skull, and he drank out of it, and that is way more recent, and that's messed up. Yeah, but was that... That wasn't real in the production of making that episode. Uh, yeah, not in the production, but he drank <laughs> Vill- out Villa of a skull. by the way. Yeah, Del Vida Loca. <laughs> That's what I said. No, that was fucked up. We said that. Like, him having a skeleton <laughs> was fucked up. Yeah, it's fucked up then. It's fucked up now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what, one last thing, we haven't talked really about him. What'd y'all think of William Hartnell as the Doctor? I hate him. <laughs> but what do you really think? I hate him. He's useless. He's just a crotchety old man that just, like, yells at people and doesn't really solve anything. That, like, the one problem that he solved when they were stuck in the cave... Fuck no, Ian was the one who was even making the fire... And then did the torch thing. The hell did he even do besides bitch the whole time? Well, the doctor said use the bones to cut the restraints. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, he did do that. That's not bad. That was good. But like, besides anyone that, could have said that. And I was even thinking that. Every inch of every wall around them is sharp. <laughs> like they could have cut those on absolutely anything. He just complains about being old and frail. He can't drive the TARDIS. He's old. Yeah. But I mean, what's I think I bitch about the doctor the first time I see a doctor. So this is <laughs> this is natural. Fuck them. Except Matt Smith. Except Matt Smith is hot. I'd have his babies. I've seen a fair bit of this doctor, and I will say this is the least approachable he is. Like, I, I do like him. I imagine once he gets into, like, problem-solving mode or, like, leadership mode or learn how to drive the fucking TARDIS mode at, like, a tiny <laughs> bit or just, like, have an air of confidence about you, that I'm in. <laughs> he was super confident in episode one. Yeah, that was the most false bravado I have ever seen <laughs> in my life. It is kind of depressing coming from New Who and going back to this now. Like, the New Who doctor is so lovable and caring and wants to save people and wants to help. That is not how this is at all. Well, yeah. Well, if you remember our Ascension of the Cybermen episode, James Courtney wrote in, or no, the, uh, the Timeless Children episode, James Courtney wrote in and said that you know, having pre-William Hartnell doctors takes away from the growth that this doctor goes through mm. because he starts out like this, but learns because of these companions to like be a thoughtful hero. That makes so much sense now. So maybe we'll see that. Maybe we won't agree. Alex was very much disagreeing with him. I just edited it earlier today, so I, it's on top of my mind. <laughs> you guys watched one other classic Who one time when we did our... The Fear Hand. The Hand of Fear. Yeah. I made you watch when we were doing school reunions, so you had some context for Sarah Jane. Do you remember how you felt about this and kind of compare it to this one? I mean, it is... 12, 15 years later or something like, like 12 years later. no. 15 years later. I just don't like cavemen, so I feel like this isn't a fair... The first episode was really good. Like, super good. Probably better than The Hand of Fear. Really? Okay. I think the first episode I, I really enjoyed. But in Hand of Fear, they run through a nuclear power plant for like 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, yes. More of that, please. <laughs> <laughs> um... Jill, same question. I don't Do you remember, remember that one? it at all. Okay. Uh, it was like three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Can't remember things that, that long ago. Overall, overall, did you guys have a good experience watching a four-episode 60s story? Yeah, yeah, I had a good experience. I enjoyed it. Good enough to want to watch a seven-episode 60s uh, serial? I can probably do that. We're going to have to space these podcasts out. <laughs> yeah, we'll do, we're going to do every other week for recording, hopefully for releasing also. And then we're also going to sprinkle in mine and Alex's doing brothers. So maybe we'll space these out a little more. I'm not sure. Maybe brothers will just kind of be dropped in here and there. Um, so the next story, if you guys want to keep going, is a seven parter. It's called The Daleks, and it 
saves this TV show and makes it continue for 60 years. What's a Dalek? (laughs) (laughs) Got him. (laughs) Got him hooked. Got him hooked for 60 years. (laughs) And that's the um, the little cliffhanger we got at the end of this story. They don't do this for very long, but they, for a while, were doing these, like, cliffhangers into the next story. I really like that. Yeah. As cheesy as it is. But it's super simple. It's just like, hey, Susan, can you check the radiation? Oh, it's good. And then they leave. And then you just see, oh, it's not good. And it's like, oh, shit. How are they going to get away with this one? Okay, but also I watched on Amazon Prime, as everyone here did. And they can sponsor us if they want, since I use their name. Um, (laughs) Anyway, there's little, like, trivia things. Oh, yeah. You watch on the app. I don't know if it's like that on TV, too. But... The trivia thing showed how many people watched it. So in episode... I didn't look at episodes one and two because I didn't click the trivia button. But episode three, 6.9 million people watched it. And episode four, 6.4 million people watched it. It's like so many people didn't like episode three that they just didn't even finish (laughs) out the story. There were like two episodes of Cavemen. No, thank you. We're done. We don't even need to see the end of this. Because the UK... Is just shitty weather-wise all the time. You'll see. You can watch Doctor Who figures and find out like when it was a sunny day, because people just will go outside anytime the sun pokes out because it's so rare. Hmm. Damn, is this Seattle? So you never know. But pretty much, if you look at those numbers again for the next serial, Jill, and just with watch those numbers climb. And if you guys remember. The movie, the making of it, uh, like this is when the show takes off and becomes a juggernaut, and it's because of the Daleks, obviously. Well, and, and get a shift on late shift, nice. Uh, like this, this show debuted at like a turbulent Earth time. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, uh, JFK was assassinated on the first episode, and the day before, oh, the day before. So, but it was all over the news. That's all anyone was watching. Right. So they re-aired the first episode leading into the second episode. But then the trying week. to get people hooked into a show, like a sci-fi show, and like real life shit's happening. That's that's tough. Well, and that's also a problem with serialized TV. And, and you know, before the days of, you know, DVRs or the internet where, like, if you miss an episode of a show, you can just go on their website and they'll have it up for free the next day. Where it's like, if you you have a seven-episode serial, but you miss the first one because, like, you had shit to do, you're just, you might just be out. Like, well, I guess I'm not watching this show for two months because I missed one. Alex, who's your MVP? I'm going to give it to uh, Ian. Me too. Cody? It, yeah. It, well, Zah. <laughs> yeah Derek Newark and you know what when he pops up again in Inferno he's the MVP of that one too this dude's fucking dope hell yeah uh, Sam mm. Mm. not Susan I th- no one really super stood out to me um, Ian I guess Jill 
I know we have this discussion a lot, so I know I can't really pick them, so you can help point me in a direction, but I want to give it to, like, the casting director, which would that just be the director-director? Um, depends. Like, the director probably would have hired most of the cavemen. Um, you know, Verity and her team would have hired all the main actors. I just like the, like, I like the variety of people acting and i think they all did a good job in their role like in what they were assigned to do so i don't know uh maybe that's director we'll just go director yeah warris hussein why not I... he's pay- played by sasha dewan in that movie i want to take mine back i want to give it to the doctor i even though people said they didn't <laughs> yeah. like him you guys made me peer pressure and i'm going back on it I'm giving it to the doctor. <laughs> well, all we did was say whose ours was. Yeah, and you said that the doctor was terrible earlier. And it made One me One person feel... said that, and he lives in your house. <laughs> I'm afraid of him. Please come help me. Talk about the patriarchy. from inside the house. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm taking my words back. Sorry. Alex, give us a song. This is Married to Who, our first foray into classic Who with the Unearthly Child. Uh, if you want to listen to old episodes of the podcast, you can do so on our website, Married to Who. You can listen to the, the most recent 110 on Spotify. I think you can still listen to all of them on Apple. Uh, yeah, do shit like that. You can follow us on Twitter, Married to Who Pod. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Married to Who. You can email us, Married to Who gmail.com. On behalf of myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, Thank you for listening. Please join us next time for the Daleks. We do do. Do 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 do